Hi, and welcome back to our continuing study on Systematic Theology 2. I'm Dr. John Cook. We're now joining Progress Part 4 of our study. Today's lesson is lesson number 26. We're going to deal with the subject of worship in doctrine. Worldliness hinders our worship of God as well. In John chapter 17 and verse 11, look at it. Listen to what it says. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to thee, Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. Yes, we are in the world, but we are not of the world. We are the children of God. We have been born into the family of God by the Spirit of God. As the children of God, we are not to fall in love with the things in this world because the things in this world are not of God and they are not eternal. Look at 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. The Bible says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Another thing that hinders our worship of God, or true worship of God, is laziness. In Ephesians 5.14, look at it. The scripture says, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectly. That's carefully. Not as fools. That's carelessly. But as wise. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. The Bible says we are to wake up and serve God while we can. Because the day is coming when we will not be able to work any longer. The door will be shut. And there will be no more opportunity for us to bring men to Christ. Impatience is a hindrance to our worshiping God. Impatience is a lack of willingness to be patient and wait upon God or to be patient with God's people. We are told in Scripture that we are to wait on the Lord. In Psalm 27 and verse 14. Then in Psalm 37 and verse 34, we're told, wait on the Lord and keep his way. He shall exalt thee to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, thou shalt see it. Impatience is certainly a besetting sin of our day, I believe, because we live in a world that wants immediate gratification. We live in a world of computers and microwave ovens. We live in a world where we're not willing to wait on anything. These fast food joints like McDonald's, 
and others like them can't even move fast enough to please us. But God, nonetheless, has commanded us to be patient, to wait on the Lord. Failure to be patient and wait upon the Lord hinders our worship of God. Let me give you an example. King Saul was told to wait and that Samuel would be there. The Philistines were coming against King Saul. Saul went to the altar like he was the priest and presented a sacrifice like he had the right to do that. He overstepped the mark. He stepped over into the priest position. And he lost the kingdom because of it. Impatience. Failure to wait on the Lord hinders our worship of God. It it destroyed his worship of God and it hinders ours. It hinders our worship of God because it stands in the way of our being grateful for what God does. And it hinders us trusting God for what he's going to do. We need to stand down, to stand still a while. Samuel told Saul, stand still a while that I may show thee the word of God. We don't even have time to read the word of God today because we're so impatient. How should we worship God acceptably if we don't get in his book? If we don't look at what he says in his word. We need to take time to see what God says in his word and wait for God to act upon his word. This and this alone will cause us to praise God even though it looks like we have nothing to praise God for. Another hindrance to our worship is formalism. Formalism is best described in 2 Timothy 3, 5, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. This is religion with ritual. Religion that has become ritualistic. In place of true heart worship of God, we have given ourselves over to rituals. This kind of worship is blasphemous and demonic. These rituals will kill our free worship of God. Israel was guilty of this same kind of ritualism and it cost them the land. And even today, they still suffer under the Gentiles, when ritualism replaces our true worship of God, we become idolaters just like Israel. We have to guard against formalism, all forms of formal worship. God wants heart worship, not ritual. True worship of God fills our hearts with joy and peace, which comes from our Savior. This is the worship that God deserves and accepts. All our worship is to be directed to God and to God alone. We've said this, but I want to repeat it. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verses 4 and 5 says, Hear, O Israel, 
The Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. God, the Lord God of Israel, God alone deserves our worship. He alone is worthy of all worship. All worship that we give to others or to other than God is worship of idols, which is forbidden by God. Jehovah was the name by which God went in the Old Testament. And in the New Testament, Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ is the name by which God is known. Psalm 83 and verse 18 says that man may know that thou whose name alone is Jehovah art the most high over all the earth. And then when we come to Philippians chapter 2 and verse 10 in the New Testament, the word of God declares that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. Then in Romans chapter 14 and verse 11, we read, For it is written, As I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is the one and only true and living God. And he is the one who manifested himself in the flesh, took upon himself the form of a servant that he might die for our sins, that he might pay the penalty of our sins. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. This is what it says, For he hath made him, that's Jesus, to be sin for us who do no sin. The Holy One, the Lord Jesus Christ, He knew no sin, but he hath made him to be sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. In Christ, we are made the righteousness of God. Jesus is our Savior. Jesus is our righteousness. He is our only hope for eternal life. 